Not my president. <laughs> Don't say that. Not that. Not that, please. Uh, welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. Hey. And Drew Shepard. Not my Jedi Master. <laughs> okay. Um, John, what's going on these days? All right, so I am, uh, hopefully my audio is okay right now. Um, I, uh, as some of y'all know, I'm still mid-transition from uh, from Mississippi to Kentucky, uh, moving my family, and I've been up here by myself for a while, um, living in uh, hotels and in my car and uh, wherever I can uh, fall asleep some nights, and uh and uh, so I was actually at church on uh, Wednesday and was just talking to a, a, a little bitty church, uh, like 10 people were there. Uh, COVID, you know, of course, has, has slowed some uh, attendance and stuff down and and uh, talking to some people there. And they were asking about me, asking about my family. And then they said, well, it's great that a, a company like yours is uh, is covering covering those hotels for you. I said, well, actually, no, I'm, I'm doing it myself. Uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm paying for these hotels myself. And they said, well, not anymore because you're staying with us. Um, and so this is my last night, hopefully for a while in a dangerous, uh, creepy hotel to save money. So, uh, I'll be saving money and, and hopefully have a, a nice place to stay. Uh, unless I go there tomorrow and I'm, you know, they're like super weird or something and I feel safer in a, in a cheap hotel, then I'll be back at the, uh, the hotels are in my car. So that's what's going on with me right now. Hopefully it's not your last night ever. Although I guess it could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Tell us, tell, tell everybody what you saw when you came into the hotel tonight, John. New hotel for me. And I'm, you know, trying to find it. And on my way there, a, a cop car flies past me, lights and sirens on. And then a little while later, uh, four more just blasting past me. And uh, I can kind of see my turn up, up the road and they all turn into the hotel I'm staying at. Um, and then they quickly uh, drag a man out of one of the rooms and, and hog tie him, uh, feet and ankles behind his back. And carry him to the back of one of the police cars, um, which I uh, watched and then uh, checked in. And so, uh, thankfully, they got him out because uh, I mean that that could be what made a room available for me. They could have saved your life too. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. Uh, good thing <laughs> did, I didn't get there a little the earlier. Did you check the closets. Um, check into the check into the bed. There. Yeah, you can't get under these. Move the beds. ceiling tiles. Move the ceiling tiles. No, no ceiling tiles. It's kind of like a okay. prison cell in here, actually. So, uh, it's, yeah. And, and I'm definitely going to smell like a cigarette, um, yeah. after staying in this room. So, sure. All right, Drew, what's new? So I'm not going to bore you with all the, the decoration stuff that we're doing in our home right now, but I will tell you the story of how tonight, I attempted to hang some curtains for us in our front room. And so, you know, get the drill, get the drill bit, you know, going to drill the holes. So we can put the anchors in the wall. And 
for whatever reason, I don't know why, four inches away from the window, I, I'm hitting a metal plate. So I'm like, all right, well, I have titanium drill bits. So I'm thinking this should be able to go through this pretty decently, but it's not. So either one, there is something hardcore right there. And I have no clue why it would be right there in a wall that just goes outside four inches from a window makes no sense. But it also could be because I have a really crappy drill. So Cliff, if you remember your corded drill tomorrow morning, <laughs> I will gladly borrow that from you. It's a great drill. Just make sure you're not drilling anything electrical. Yeah, I, you know, there's nothing electrical. There's or I don't want to. I don't water. Yeah, I don't want to lose my drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to lose my life, so don't worry. I'll, I'll try to. I'll put something in the uh, you know in writing like. If I die and Cliff Drill, Cliff Drill blows up in the process, just you know, buy him a new one with the money left over. So No, I would not let Amy buy me a drill <laughs> if you died. So about that drill. <laughs> From my drill yeah. going into your wall. <laughs> but I did beat um, Jedi Fallen Order. Great game. Highly recommend it. A lot of fun. Plays into the story real well. It actually... I believe it is canon now officially. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think so. so it's really neat. A lot of different cool things in there. And as a recommendation, I have started Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and <laughs> I am absolutely addicted to that too. I have been <laughs> loving that. So cool. I'm I'm about to start. Well, actually, have started Assassin's Creed Black Flag myself. I've barely gotten into it, um, and I did that really just so I'd be playing at the same time as you, but just. <laughs> I just haven't had time to, to touch it. I moved it up my queue four or five slots um, nice. on top of some other things that were that were ahead of it, including, I think, Jedi Fallen Order. I think I think that was ahead of it. So, yeah, um, I, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to create another profile on Skyrim. Nice. <laughs> Great job. Good. What, what build are you going to do this time? Are you going Wood Elf or Orc this time? Uh, I don't I don't have time for another profile. It's just kidding. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's good. I need to get back into my my Skyrim VR sometime, John. Next time you visit me in Florida, we got to hook you up to Skyrim VR and show you what that's like. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, I've started a new venture in my life. Um, I have begun training for a theoretical 50-kilometer race that I would like to run in... I think it's in March. So it's not that far away. And I'm really <laughs> very under trained for it right now, uh, compared to where I probably should be at this point. <laughs> I, I went on, I went online and was like, here's this automatic train plane generator. And I was like, I need to figure out what I need to run, what, what I need to get ready for this thing. And, um, it, uh, basically said, you don't have enough time. We're not going to generate anything. <laughs> so I had to make up my own. Made it my own. I'm trying to convince uh, Dan from church, you know, Drew, yeah. to run with me. Um, I think he's going to, but he has not been doing any practice runs at all, I don't think. <laughs> other than like a, a short jog with his, his son the other day. Uh, but that's been, I think, over a week now. So, uh, so I don't know, but I've got a big plan together. I ran a little over 20 miles this week. Um, and that's really coming off of nothing. I haven't really been running much of anything. Uh, the, one of those runs was a an 11 mile run 
Um, and, and that was a lot over sand, which was horrible, but also probably good training. Um, in Florida, we don't really have a lot of mountains. Actually, around here, we've got some good hills to run. Um, good hills, mountainous type terrain uh, in the form of a gigantic sinkhole in the Hidden Waters area, you know, Drew, over there. So that's that's pretty much it really is pretty much like running in the mountains, except for the uh, oxygen levels are higher because we're lower elevation. But uh, but I've started training for that and, and I'm feeling good um, doing a little weightlifting in the backyard, not weightlifting, but body weight lifting. And saw the pull-up bar between a couple trees back there. Cool. I'm using my son's um, jungle gym to do dips. And I, I kind of get up on top of that and do uh, elevated sit-ups. Um, I, I don't know if that's a thing. That's just what I'm calling what I do because I elevate myself up. <laughs> so I'm not on the ground. I hate being on the ground. So I hate ab workouts so much because I hate laying down on the ground and doing stuff. I hate doing push-ups for the same reason. I just don't like being on the ground and working out. There's something in my, my head. Um, uh, just, I just don't like it and, um, do some lunges back there, you know, so been sore, been a very sore week. Um, haven't felt great all the days this week, yesterday after my run, I just, uh, felt horrible. I mean, I was not ready for an 11 mile run. I had scheduled myself a six mile run that day. And the night before I was like, you know what? I'm going to go run this random trail. I'm not sure how long it is. I don't, I don't think it's 10 miles. I could probably, I could probably tough it out if I just run slow. And on the drive over there, I was thinking, what, what did I do? What, what did I get myself into? And then um, about seven miles into it, it was just like, oh my word. That was the point when the sand hit. Hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's worst where I've been running on sand for a long time, like really soft sand too, but pretty much the whole thing was sand. But um but, but I hit a section that was just very soft sand. You know, the kind of sand, like when you're walking to the beach before you get to the packed down stuff, you know, oh, you've hit the beach, you're walking and it's just your foot sliding all over the place. Every step you take, um, it was that kind of sand, <laughs> maybe not quite that bad, pretty close, but I made it and I didn't die and I'm pretty, pretty recovered from it. I was supposed to do a little run today and I didn't. But I'm thinking maybe I'll, well, well, you know, I'm probably not going to. I kept thinking maybe at some point I'll sneak it in today. Just, I was just going to do like a three-mile quick run today. And uh, I don't I don't think it's going to happen because it would have to happen after this podcast. <laughs> and I have other, actually, I have other work to, I have to get done tonight. Uh, been a busy, busy time of life. Running has not helped the busyness of it. But um, but I'm feeling good. and And I like the direction it's going. So So that's the update for me. All right, guys. Every month for the rest of the year, Cliff. Oh, say that again. You you broke up for a second there, John. So so if you really like this, this fifty k, yeah. are you going to try to do one every month for the rest of the year? <laughs> well, you know, you're bringing probably bringing that up because I did that. I tried to do that. <laughs> what like two or three years ago, and I hurt my knee like the first month, um, to the extent that I had to have surgery. And I actually, my, my surgeon did not believe that it was a running injury. He thought it was, he said, no, this isn't really a running injury. This is a different, you must've twisted it or something. I don't think you got this from overuse for running. Um, Could have happened while running, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been an overuse injury. It was a torn meniscus. And he was like, nah, you probably got it. 
you could have gotten it running if you like twisted your ankle on something, you twisted your leg on something. But, um, but he said parkour. parkour yeah, he said he was a little surprised that I didn't even know when I got it because I just, I just just parkour injury. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. When I was jumping from building to building, you know, parkour. <laughs> Busted through a ceiling tile and twisted my leg up real bad. So. No, I, I maintain the story that I actually have no idea where that injury came from. But that actually resulted in a surgery that took me off of running for a while. And I never, you know, I did get back into it, right? In my recovery, I was really anxious to prove that I could continue running. And so I got, I built up to about 20 mile run, a 20 mile run um, as soon as I could after I got to the point where I could start running once my physical therapy was done and everything. And um, then, just fell off hard and have hardly run at all in the last year. I ran on vacation a little bit on the beach, actually ran a half marathon on a whim um, after not running really at all um, on the beach, um, you know, maybe a few months ago, but, but uh, John, actually, to be honest, what I do want to do here is build up to a 100 mile race eventually. And I'm thinking at the end of 2022, is when I'm going to target doing that. December 2022, there's something called the Daytona 100 that runs every year. that I think it'd be really fun to do. It's like you run from Jacksonville down to Daytona Beach. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but, you know, want to do it. Want to prove I can do it. Um, if I can do it. If I can't, that's fine. But, um, and then I, w- what I want to do is transition into a lifestyle of being able to run really long distances on trails and explore places that I wouldn't normally get to explore just due to time constraints um, where I can go out and do a big long trail and experience a whole lot of nature all at once on vacation. Uh, you know, where I only have to take one day away from, from other activities rather than, you know, normally a 20 mile trail or so you've got to spread it out over a couple of days, but if I can just knock it out in one big run um, I could potentially have some really cool experiences um, on a slightly shorter time frame, so that's really what I'm going for here, long term. All right, y'all ready to talk about this arc? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure any of us are because I think John, when did you see it? When, how long has it been since you've seen it? it? It's been at least a couple weeks. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we all saw this arc about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. so it is not going to be maybe as fresh uh, as as a lot of the other things that we've discussed. Uh, we've just had had several reasons we've had to reschedule or cancel or whatever. Um, we almost did it again this week, <laughs> uh, but uh, but we're going to go ahead and power through it. So I'll start with a uh, hopefully a pretty quick summary. So we have this attack on Umbara. They're they're invading the clone troops um, along with Anakin are invading Umbara it, and Obi-Wan's there as well. And it's one of these, you know, Anakin's got his troops over here and Obi-Wan's got his troops over there and they're trying to take over the capital of Umbara and, um, fighting droids, a lot of droid battles that are going on here. And I don't, I don't really remember the strategic value, but that's really not the focus of the episode. Basically, uh, you've got Rex and fives, um, uh, among the clones, Rex, obviously somebody that we see repeated a lot. Fives is, I think, the the only remaining ARC trooper that's still alive from those uh, those episodes. Oh, I forget what they're called. What was that troop called? Something Squad. 
Domino Squad. Is it Domino Squad? I think it's Domino Squad. Yeah, but the only right. yeah, the only remaining member of that squad, I believe, at this point is Fives, and he is now uh, hanging out with Rex. You know, he's an elite trooper at this point, hanging out with Rex and and getting involved in some real intense clone conversations here as well. Um, Krell comes in and basically says, "Hey, Anakin, you got to book it. I'm your replacement." Krell is a Jedi. He is uh, basically the same race as the guy that owns the diner in episode two. <laughs> Not the same guy, but the same race. So he's got got a few. I think he's got a cup, four arms and big old chin. Um, got a cool looking. I like I like the design. Pretty cool character um, design race design. Krell basically is hardcore. He's like, no, we're not going to mess around with all the stupid strategy business. We're going to go in and fight these guys head on. He said, I've won my victories through being willing to make some hard sacrifices. And that's what we're going to do to win this battle. And, and the clones don't really like it, but they go with it because he's in charge. Um, they run into some mines along the way and then they get ambushed and they lose a lot of troops um, Rex orders a retreat and then he gets reprimanded for it by Krell. And that's pretty much the end of episode one. Um, off to a bad start between Krell and the clone troops here. Episode two, they basically, rather than it, or attack the capital, go and I forget why, maybe Obi-Wan one asks them to, or maybe they just discover it. I don't know. They decide they're going to go and attack this airbase instead that I think is supplying support to the capital city where Obi-Wan's assault is going on. And um, he orders a straight on attack there again, just says, you know, go straight on through. Don't worry about finding a strategic entrance. Rex obviously disagrees. Fives definitely disagrees as well, even more strongly than Rex probably. And in that full frontal assault on the air base, they run into these caterpillar tanks, these massive metal caterpillars that, uh, that attack them and they can't do anything about these things. I mean, they just can't even hardly knock a dent into them. They're just getting slaughtered and, uh, Krell doesn't back, back down, just keeps ordering them to go forward and, and attack. Well, hard case and fives sneak off against Krell's orders and they go and sneak into the air base and create a distraction. And then they commandeer a couple fighters from the air base that they then use to fly in and destroy these caterpillar tanks um, at the end of the episode, Rex is actually not very happy about it and criticizes them for it, uh, for disobeying orders and, and not being willing to do what the Jedi commander is telling them to do. But they did win the battle and save the day. Um, and so that's, that's episode two. Episode three, you have basically you've got fives, Jesse and Hardcase, who again go against Krell's orders. Um, now, at this point, they've taken over the airbase. They won that battle. They are now uh, supposed to, I, I believe, support Obi-Wan in the capital city. But rather than coordinate a joint strike, Krell's just, again, saying, go fight him. You know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the strategy. Let's just go in. And um, Fives, Jesse, and Hardcase, again, go against orders and take some of these fighters from the airbase, which are very difficult to control. And... They go and fly into space uh, and disguise them. At first, they try to disguise themselves, but it's hard to hold up the disguise. And they eventually have to break their cover. Um, they try to they try to play as if they are are 
are enemy ships. But, um, but when they're discovered, Hardcase ends up uh, sacrificing his life to destroy one of the support ships from the inside. And um, he's successful in doing so. They fly back, and it's just, again, Fives and Jesse who are alive at this point. Um, they're victorious. Rex is obviously pretty happy about it, um, even though he has basically said, hey, I'm not going to cover for you, uh, even though you know he, he gives them approval to go on the mission. But it's kind of like, but if you're discovered, I will disavow any knowledge of this ever taking place. Well, again, they are successful, but at the end of it, they get court-martialed and thrown into prison by Krell who at the beginning of the next episode, first thing that that episode starts out with is Krell's order that they be executed for their um, insubordination. So there's a firing squad, but when it's time to fire, a dude named Dogma orders him to fire. <laughs> Obviously a rule follower. Uh, I guess that's where he got his nickname, right? It's Dogma, because he's very dogmatic about it all. So he, or he does order the firing squad to fire, but none of them, well, they all do, but they all intentionally miss. Um, and Krell's kind of ticked off about it. But then uh, there's the need to go on to another battle. And so that's what they are going to do. Um, but in this battle, he says, all right, well, now this time, be aware that we've gotten intel that the the enemy may disguise themselves as clones. And so the uh, the the clone troopers that Krell's been commanding go in and attack these other, you know, who, who they appear to be clone troopers, but apparently they're the enemy in, in disguise until it's discovered that they're not. And Rex, when he realizes it, runs out, waving his arms. And it's like, don't you, don't you, don't you. Takes off his helmet so everybody can see that he's a clone. Turns out Krell had actually ordered clones to fight other clones separately. And he's just trying to get them to slaughter each other. So they go and confront him and he just admits it and says, yeah, you know, y'all are worthless. I'm trying to kill y'all. And then he books it. So he jumps out. I think he jumps out the window um, at the same time that Dogma walks in and tries to stop, um, I guess, Rex and Fives and whoever else is in the room. I'm not sure exactly who else present at that point. Uh, but I guess Dogma sub subdued. A little, some of this is a little fuzzy for me. Um, they go after Krell. Uh, Krell's just killing clones left and right. They go after Krell and eventually get him captured um, by, you know, not because they are able to overpower him because he's obviously turns out to be an extremely powerful fighter that none of them can really contend with even in mass. And uh, the only way they're able to capture him is by outsmarting him, by getting him to get tripped up on one of the local plants. Um sort of a man-eating plant thing that, that picks him up and then he gets stunned and he gets captured and brought to prison. But then they find out that, okay, Obi-Wan went ahead and won his battle that he was fighting against the capital city. But now there's another assault that's going to happen on the air base that they're really not ready for. And they're worried that through that assault, Krell will find a way to escape. And so while they're arguing about whether or not to leave him alive and captured or go ahead and kill him, Dogma steps up and, and puts a puts a laser blast. Um, I don't know, I was going to say in the back of his head, but I don't remember where he shoots him. He kills him. And... Um, and then I again, I think they end up winning, maybe winning that battle, or um, I'm not sure. I think it's it's going to be implied that they are fine in the battle. I'm sure. Um, but then uh, then there's a little conversation at the end where Rex basically wonders what's going to happen to the clones after the war, 
See, him and Fives had been going back and forth several times. Rex was more on the side of, we need to follow orders, especially at the beginning, regardless of whether or not they're good orders or not. This is our duty. We're going to do our duty. This is our purpose. And then Fives is more like, if they're bad orders, we should not follow them, right? <laughs> so that was the big disagreement. And Fives ended up being being on the right side of that. And Rex sort of starts to come to a realization that at the end of the arc. So what'd you guys think? Is that a, was that an okay summary? It's a little bit more detailed because, yeah. again, yeah. It's, it's not as fresh on our minds. So I wanted to make sure we had really good context for everything. You hit the high points, the main parts of the of the arc. And, you know, there's even just listening to you talk about it. There are so many things you could unpack there as far as what we've talked about. Um, so, you know, I don't know where y'all want to start, but I mean, just there's there's everything. Wherever you want to. Okay, let's let's start with one of the fun ones that we've talked about before. So clones. Clones yeah. and their value as seen by Jedi. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, of course we can, as we saw at the very last bit of this arc, Krell, he was a Jedi, but would you say he was, I don't know, changing sides? Is that fair to say to the Separatists? Or to oh, the- yeah. More to the, to the dark side. I mean, he makes it very clear at the end of it that his intention is to get attention um, through his actions here so that he can become Dooku's apprentice. He, he comes out and says right. that to the clones at the end. So. Okay. Not I'm so not, much I, a separatist thing. He wants to be a Sith. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But so, yeah, you know, it's just the way he treated them. And I'm thinking through a lot of this. Does no one see this besides, you know, I know he messed up the transmission, so it wasn't really going through, but uh, surely this is a pattern because they noted a few times before, like, yeah, he, he, I guess something he killed, not kills, but more clones die under his command than any other commander. And so surely the council knows this and is looking at this, but maybe not, but they're like, well, they're just clones. So maybe they don't. So, again, that just kind of brought up the point of, are clones really just disposable to the Jedi? Yeah, no, I think that is a great point. I did get the impression that this time it's more like this is maybe the first time where he's really intentionally done it. Like maybe in the past, the saving clones' lives has definitely not been his priority. Winning the battle has been his priority and doing whatever it takes to win the battle was his priority. And so I think... What, what is implied is that he is a, uh, he knows how to get the job done, um, consistently, but there is a cost to his leadership. And, and that's, you know, that's, I think that's, um, not necessarily always a bad thing, right? From a war perspective. Uh, sometimes you have to make hard sacrifices, right? Wasn't D Day, like tons of people died at D Day, but yeah, I mean, honestly, we, that, you know, with the world there was War a victory reference. through all that all of that death so yeah i mean that's how russia played world war ii is just massive numbers like you know we don't have the uh, the equipment we don't have the technology that you know at that time germany and the united states did but we have 10 times the number of people so just mass push push right it's that sort of seemed like what krell was doing is like yeah i have all these clones so go you know you know there's going to be casualties but we'll win yeah and and you like to think that in modern war it's never done 
you know, without a consideration that lives are valuable and that, yes, this is going to be a big cost of life that we need to take into account. And I think that's really where the difference is between Krell um, and, you know, something that we might see on a, on a more, you know, civilized front where, you know, when D-Day is ordered, it's, you know, to it's, it's not a good thing that people are going to die where Krell's like, all right. I'm going to do this and I don't care about the lives that are lost. That's, that's where I think the difference yeah. is. But at this, at, at this stage, <clears throat> he makes a change is, is my impression. And it's like this time his objective is not even to win the day. His objective is just to kill as many clones as brutally as possible and prove how horrible he is. So Dooku will notice him. Yeah. I, I, but at first, you know, I was thinking it was that same thing we've talked about. Like, you know, the, the, Clones just aren't seen as valuable. Um, that they're they're not really seen as people, and that the only people we've ever seen really care about them was, I guess, Yoda and Ahsoka, maybe yeah. at one point. Anakin, um, I think Anakin cares about the clones. Uh, okay, I don't remember specifically him. Like, I remember Ahsoka and Yoda like talking to clones about how they matter. And I don't know that we've seen Anakin do that or not. Um, yeah. But it did get me thinking um, along those lines again um, about how, you know, Yoda did uh, show he cared about the clones uh, and sure. did basically tell them they mattered in a, in a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, and then in episode uh, three, um, you know, he has to slice those, Clones' heads off as they're walking up to him to uh, to execute him for Order sixty six, um, and just that got me thinking about that whole thing where like you know um, like the emotion there uh, mm. for him to yeah. have shown these clones that they're they're people and they don't have to blindly follow orders, and then sixty six happens and he has to kill them. Sure. Uh, off topic from this episode a little bit, but it did get me thinking along those lines. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking like, wow, this, this is just out of hand. And maybe this is going to be a, a turning point where they're like, no, clone lives matter. Um, and, and have a little bit different, uh, spin to it. But no, uh, I don't think that, that that's going to be the overarching theme anytime soon. What I did love though was the, uh, the, the dialogue between Fives and Rex, where Fives is more aware and realizing this is something's not right here. Not just with Krell, but more just like conceptually. There's a problem with, with your mindset toward blindly following orders, Rex. And I think Rex is somebody who we've grown to. Yeah, it, He looks the same as everybody. He doesn't really have any different personality than anybody else. But because we see him so much and because we see him as a high-ranking general that is so respected by other people, I think through that, um, we have garnered a little bit of affinity for him. At least I have. Uh, and there's one episode in particular I remember. I, I'm pretty sure it's him. And you remember the episode where he runs into that that deserter clone? Yeah. Remember? Because I thought about that this arc. Because in that episode, he was very much like, you, you're a problem. You're in trouble. I've got caught you, you know? And um, I remember there was some dialogue between them where he's like, are you doing that because you believe that or, or are you doing it because 
you know, and, and he was very firm in that episode all the way up until the end that no, 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 I'm doing this because this is what I want to do. Um, I want to be a soldier. I want to live this life. I am choosing to live this life. Uh, Rex was saying that, you know, and, um, and, and that he just saw that as a right and wrong, that this is the right way to be. So this episode, I think by the end of it, you see him calling that into question. And, And so I think it's a good development for Rex where he sees, he has obviously a lot of dialogue with fives along those lines, but then also by the end of it, has begun to really question, wait a minute, what are they going to do about us after the war when we, when our, when our purpose is no longer our purpose? So I thought that was cool. So I will point out something different, a different topic here. Uh, when the, the firing squad had lined up and, uh, and they all shot, uh, and it went all in the wall around them. Uh, and you know, clones are the kind of predecessors to stormtroopers. Uh, I couldn't help but laugh and be like, wow, this is the, this is the start of like stormtroopers not being able to hit anything. Uh, <laughs> so, I didn't think about that. Uh, that's funny. I don't even think that was implied, but it's a good, it's a good parallel to notice for sure. Okay. So. We've got to talk about Krell in the fourth episode. Double, double bladed lightsaber battling is freaking awesome. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. Uh, it's, what I really wanted was for his other two hands to also have light, double bladed lightsabers. But honestly, having uh, the skill to handle even one double-bladed lightsaber, I think has to be pretty incredible, right? Because you have to handle both ends of the blades at the same time. And to handle two of those at once, man, I just was, I was scared of Krell uh, when he, when he pulled both of those out, like it, and, and just fought with them like he was, like he wasn't even trying, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, whenever uh, Count, not Count Dooku, um, Grievous, General Grievous fights, so he has four lightsabers, but at some point he just kind of spins them around really fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's your move, General Grievous. That's what you're going to do. Just spin them around. No skill, you know, no finesse. Whereas this guy handled in these two, you know, deadly weapons for one tiny slip and you, you're going to lose your leg. And, and he just handles it. Uh, big guy, beefy guy. Uh, extremely agile, especially considering his size. Man, I loved, uh, I loved watching Krell kill some clones. <laughs> and the other two arms, I think I saw him do a bunch of force pushing several times with that. Oh yeah, maybe that's what it is. He's hand, he's keeping uh, two hands for force force use and two hands for um, lightsabers. What a cool fifth he would have been. Like, oh, man. you know, all dark with two red double bladed lightsabers. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You, really? you mentioned the, uh, good. Oh, no, no, you, you go, go for it, John. You, you mentioned the grievous thing and just the spin. Uh, yeah. and I thought about that too. And it's kind of like Cliff when we used to play virtual fighter. And you just hit all the buttons. You like you figure out one little right. uh, yeah. combo to do, and that's him. 
where uh, Krell is like somebody that really knows what they're doing. You know, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Or or spamming Hadouken, Hadouken <laughs> over and over again. Move. <laughs> Uh, that was me in, in Tekken, John, you know, Tekken 3. Um, I would do that with Eddie. You remember Eddie in Tekken 3 who who did the kicks? I just sit there making break dance the whole time. And you couldn't, if you didn't know yeah, what you were doing, you couldn't get anywhere close right, to it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Not Virtual Fighter. Tekken was it. Yeah, yeah Tekken 3 was, was good. We played a lot of, we played some Virtual Fighter too, but I think Tekken 3 we played a whole lot of. Um, what a great game. What were so, we going to say, Drew? What do y'all think of the uh, Umbaran people? I mean, because I don't remember ever them being brought up in anything else before. But did we, did we see them? I don't remember what they looked like. Yeah, yeah. What do they look like? Humanoid, very pale. They had the helmets on. Oh, is it kind of like a see-through glass front on the helmet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I, I just yeah. thought their technology was so, I, you know, whether it's whatever. I thought it was neat. I really did. Honestly, yeah. like the caterpillar sure. thing, the, how they were flying, um, you know, for the Star Wars universe, I thought it was creative. It was sort of yeah. outside the box of, you know, a TIE fighter and a, um, you know, an X-Wing. It was like, oh, wow, this is completely different than the caterpillars with, uh, like a tripod of cannons on, of like, you know, that rotate. Like, this is pretty cool stuff. You know, I've not seen sure. they, this is really creative on the, the writer's part, the creator's part for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I even the way they do to see variety there, the way they controlled their ships and stuff, you know, that's why it was so hard to fly because they were like doing hand things. It's not like they just had joysticks. Mm-hmm. And when they get shot in the, the inside sort of, blows out it's just that creepy green smoke it's like ooh, you know that's it's pretty cool i liked it yeah also going back to Krell here honestly that was the first time i had ever genuinely disliked the jedi i have to say that and going through this episode through this arc i should say i thought that was going to i guess play in and tie it nicely at the end with Anakin coming back. That's what I thought they were trying to set us up for. Like, oh, you don't always know someone's, mo-, you know, they're going to come up with some moral of the story, you know, like you don't always know someone's motives and uh, they may know information that you don't and it's for the greater sure, good, yeah. so, you know, something like that. And so I'm just like, okay, there's the moral. He's not actually a bad guy. He seems like a jerk. He seems like a terrible yeah. person, but he's not. There's got to be something else. And so I was actually kind of blindsided because I thought they were trying to redeem him in some way up until that last episode in the arc. So, yeah. me too. I I was I was shocked, and not only shocked, I was angry when he made those clones fight and kill other clones. I felt a very I love feeling emotions when I watch this stuff, <laughs> and this emotion was just pure fury i was just so mad at him i was just angry i was just ready for them to go and stop him and make him pay and oh it just made me so mad made me so mad i felt for the i felt for the clones for sure killing their brothers out there oh just infuriated me yeah i thought he was maybe he was just racist clonist i don't know what you call that right yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) 
I only want naturally born organic soldiers, not clones, <laughs> <Sure>. you know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but definitely gave me a very, uh, a very strong emotional reaction. And I was blindsided too. I didn't see it coming. Um, I, I feel like maybe I had sort of a thought like, man, the way he's acting, you'd think he was, you know, you'd think yeah. he wasn't even a good guy. But but it was kind of like, but I, I never... They never gave me a reason to think that that was where they were actually going to go until they finally did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when they finally did it, it was like, well, that makes sense then, you know, uh, which is great. A lot of times when you do those twists, it's like, yeah, but, but it doesn't make sense. You know, there's been, there was, there's no, there's no tell up to that point. And there were lots of tells, but it was just like, they led you on thinking that at some point they're going to redeem it. At some point they're going to, you know, pull it around in a different way and then they didn't and it makes me think of the, the biggest problem i have with the movie frozen <laughs> i know y'all seen frozen <laughs> is the chris not christoph what's the bad guy's name in that spoiler hans. alert if you haven't seen frozen hans <laughs> who hasn't seen frozen get out of here um hans whenever hans reveals himself to be the bad guy i hate that i hate that hans is the bad guy because there is no indication up to that point that he's a bad guy. They even show him by himself, um, like having expressions that that he wouldn't have if he were being insincere in his interactions with 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 Anna in particular. Uh, that big song that they do, it's like at the end of that song, after she leaves, he has like a sort of like an infatuated expression on his face. And I'm just like, no, no, why do you, why? He's, Why are you doing no, that? No, he's in, that guy. he's infatuated with the thought of power, yeah, not with his love right. for her. You know, I don't know. I just thought it was really cheap. I thought it was really cheap whenever <laughs> he was the bad guy. Um, Frozen's 2 is still a better, uh, or excuse me, Frozen's still a better movie than Frozen 2, though, just because the music, music in Frozen is awesome. But anyway, Frozen 2 is good, too. But music in Frozen is the most iconic, some of the most iconic movie of our of this decade so um but yeah i i uh i thought krell being a bad guy was a great payoff what else anything john it looks like you're looking something up there yeah i am i'm looking up his species um oh okay yeah because i'm pretty sure he is the same uh, species as the guy from seven right what was the that guy from the diner? Like Drexel. Dresser. No, that guy from the diner. That's right. Yeah, but that's yeah. the prequels. Right. It's <laughs> one of the moments in the prequels that gets a lot of criticism because people are like, what the heck is a 50s diner doing in the Star Wars universe? And I don't disagree yeah. with that criticism. <laughs> I don't either. I definitely liked Krell better than that guy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I actually like the other guy's character. I just don't like his circumstances. <laughs> His belly hanging out, and yeah, yeah, stains on yeah. his apron. Yeah, I, I don't even mind him being a chef. It's just why, why, why the fifties time? But I, I do like when they do that in Clone Wars. You know, they could have created another yeah. shark shark man species. Oh, um, but they <laughs> but they reuse uh, one from a movie, and I, I like when they they definitely incorporate those things. I'll tell you, I. Uh, I found myself really enjoying this, but every now and then I'd question myself and say, am I just enjoying this because I've hated this season so far? 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What did you conclude? <laughs> uh, the the double lightsaber thing is pretty awesome. Let's, let's, <laughs> I mean, so that, cool. that pretty much. That pretty, I think I like that no matter what. So, um, yeah. Dexter, so a couple. Dext, Jetster. He is a. So I guess they are both a Besselisk species. Him and Krell. Okay. So the um, the other thing that I just remembered that I thought was really cool in, I think the third episode where they go and are fighting the separatist forces, the droid support ships in the air. One of the things that they're like, how are we going to destroy this thing? These three little ships. One of them's like, well, you know, Anakin told us how he did it. He did it when he was a little boy. Surely we can do it. And it's by flying inside and destroying the core, which is essentially what they did. And I thought, I thought that was cool. Great call out to episode one. Yeah. Of course. It was also very, Go ahead. I was just going to say, Anakin is is obviously uh, able to also escape <laughs> to right. demonstrating his superiority over these clones. But it was still neat that that they used uh, used that call out to that old strategy. So it, it reminded me very, uh, you know, like Independence Day, the weird alien ships that they they fly yeah. into the big ship to to get in there. Um, now, something else that, that I meant to mention earlier when we were talking about the way Krell was uh, treating the clones, um, really, he was he was using them like droids, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you see droids fighting in multiple, they just send droves of them. They just keep letting them off of those um, ships with just no... Uh, no regard for their life. I know we that, right. that was a while ago, but it just came back to me. And that's kind of how he was treating them. Um, of course, he had different motives here. He was literally just trying to to make a name for himself. But uh, that's what I kept thinking. He's, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's treating them like their clones or like their, their droids, battle droids. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Let's rank it. I thought about my ranking for about a week. I need to process this. I don't want y'all's ranks to influence me. So, so let me go first. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go eight. Well, I liked it a lot. Liked it a lot. Um, I think probably the reason it's not higher than that is because I think you probably could have done this in three, maybe even two episodes just as effectively. So I think it was potentially just a little bit drawn out. But besides that, I pretty much just loved it. <laughs> so um, so it wasn't perfect, but um, but yeah, really, I think two episodes. Two episodes would have been enough. Two episodes, you could have done everything you needed to do, um, and, and it had been fine. It is neat that they stayed on this planet for so long. Really, when you put these four episodes together... It's the length of a movie. And if you think about it, the scene never changed. We're just on Umbara the whole time. Mm-hmm. There's not much variety there. It's just kind of a foggy, dark planet that doesn't have a whole lot to look at. So this, this really the fact that they were able to carry my attention and enthusiasm through that amount of time um, with so little variety in the nature of what I was watching, you know, for essentially a feature length is, is pretty impressive. But I'm still going eight. I'm still going eight because I think it, it could have been shorter than it was and just as effective. 
So I'm an eight as well. Um, now, uh, I, I really liked it. Again, the, the double, double lightsaber is really cool. Uh, one thing that I felt was kind of, kind of lacking. Now, Anakin was there in the, the first of these episodes with the clones. Yeah. Just for a minute. And then he got, and then he got sent away. Right. Uh, I really wanted him to, to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I kept waiting for that. Like he is going to come back and face off with Krill, uh, and be super mad that he, that they've treated the clones this way and kind of get his revenge there. And I, I realized they took it a different way and, and landed a different point that way. Um, but I feel like if, since this was a, a movie length, uh, you know, if we'd seen Anakin in the beginning and then never saw from him again, we'd be left wondering what in the world, you know, why didn't Anakin, because he basically sent Anakin off. He said, they need you there, go. Uh, and then that's the last we saw him. Um, but eight, uh, it, it also didn't really add to the global Star Wars universe much for me. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't really learn things about people that I, I wouldn't have normally known or about technologies or, or anything like that. So, uh, but uh, it was enjoyable. So I'm at an eight. Yeah, I think that the development in Rex is, is notable on that regard, John, because you do see Rex go through a transition from the beginning to an end here. And Rex is definitely, if if there's any clone to pay attention to, I think it's Rex. Rex is sort of the main clone that we're supposed to be watching out for. So. Yeah, honestly, I was a little little upset that Rex didn't react sooner. Hmm. Yeah. After after the development we've already had with him, and after the story that you've already referenced with him finding the deserter, and uh, I was a little upset he didn't he didn't do something about this sooner. Sure. I so think, I, uh, real quick before you, are you about to raid or are you about to comment on John's? No, I was about to raid, but go for it. Okay. You know, let me just say this because I, I really like your idea of Anakin coming back because what a cool development that could have been for him to have him go on a revenge fight against Krell <laughs> when you're not supposed to get revenge, but Anakin's the, he right. would have, right? He would over clones. And that, that could like, have been so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would have shown yeah, like, wow, this guy. Like Anakin cares about the clones and he was, right. he cares so much. He was angry enough to, to kill Krell. Right. Yeah. I love that idea. So, anyway, go ahead, Drew. So I've actually been hovering between seven and eight and okay. we, we can't all agree. So I'm going to say seven. <laughs> <laughs> we can all have the same one. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you know, John planted a seed in my mind about five minutes ago when he said, you know, I wonder if I like it just because I've not liked much else this season. Oh. Like, you know, <laughs> sure. there might be something to that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, seven, that's still, a, that's still a good ranking. I was really impressed with the scene. One of the ones that just got to me was when they were firing at each other. The clones were fighting each other mm-hmm. and, you know, Rex took off his helmet. And that was such, you know, an emotional moving moment there when he's like, we're clones, we're clones. And then he, you know, he's right up about to face the the other clone and, you know, he takes off his helmet too and sort of brings him up to him. And, you know, just that really did a, it was a great reminder of sort of the humanity still of the clones, you know, and bring them back to like we said, they're, they're not 
droids like Krell was treating them. And so that was sort of a, a neat reveal, um, you know, in that moment as a reminder. And also one other thing I, I really liked was, I had it down here in my notes, the idea of, is it better to sometimes disobey orders for the greater good? Because it brought that up a few times that was hinted at. Like, you know, should we, should we not follow orders, but then save lives? You know, going up into the, the ship uh, like they did and destroying that, you know, that's that was a disobeying orders, but definitely it was for the greater good. So there were a lot of interesting things to look at and, you know, some big questions to consider. Uh, yeah. It could have been shortened. You're absolutely right. It didn't do a whole lot to really, like you said, John, advance Star Wars, you know, the, the galaxy as a whole. So, you know, some good things, some bad things, but, you know, overall, I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. I'm relieved that we finally saw a good arc. That's for sure. <laughs> and I'm excited about continuing now. I'm hoping maybe they just got the bad ones out of the way at the beginning of season four so they could really get to what they wanted to get to. It's my hope. It's my head cannon here. So I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine what goes on behind the scenes all the time. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Anyway, uh, Drew, why don't you tell us? And by the way, are you going to take this task on going forward? Sure. Why not? This, okay. I mean, you can tell me if I do it. I don't wrong, have to worry but, about it know. anymore. <laughs> no, I'm always having to look it up at the last minute anyway, at the end of the episode. But why don't you tell us what we're going to watch next week? So next week we are going to watch the Zagarian slavers arc that consists of episodes 411 through 413. 411 is kidnapped. 412 is slaves of the Republic. And then 413 is Escape from Cadavo. If I said that right, I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Cadavo of the Republic. Yeah. That sounds intriguing. Getting getting a little Republican corruption up in here. (laughs) Right after the Krell saga, it it, you know flows in nicely. Corruption, deception. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to contact us, you can email us at starwarsbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. And I didn't check right before, but I checked um, I checked earlier today and there was nothing. Nothing new. Uh, nothing new since Brian's email. Um, I also want to continue to point out, if you want to go on iTunes and review us, that'd be awesome. Um, we are a five-star podcast as far as I actually haven't checked that in, in a week or so, but... But I think we've got a, we've got two or three reviews up there now. We've got several ratings that are not reviewed as well. So feel good about listening to a, a top quality podcast. It's evidence of your good taste in audio stuff. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening.